Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together and bless the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bless his holy name. So, Father, we bless your name today. We thank you for this worship experience, for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for moving inside of us and having your way. We ask that you take complete control. Hide me behind the cross. Give them more of thee and less of me. Let the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, be accepted on your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. From 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Beginning at verse 6. Further, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. For all of them were embittered, each man for his sons and daughters. But David felt strengthened and encouraged in the Lord his God. David said to Abathar, the priest, Abimelech's son, please bring me the ephod. So Abathar bought him the ephod. David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this band of raiders? Will I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you will certainly overtake them, and you will certainly rescue the captives. This is the word of God for the people of God. And for the next few moments, I want to talk from the theme, Can't Stop, Won't Stop. This is part three. Can't Stop, Won't Stop. What is interesting, and I shared a story with you last week. What is interesting is that no matter where you are in life, and no matter how much money you make, what your station is, whether you are rich or poor, life's experiences are very much the same. We have some good days and some bad days. We have some hills to climb. And when I think things over, all of my good days outweigh my bad days. And I won't complain. Sometimes the clouds hang 
How long? I can hardly see the road. And I asked the question, Lord, tell me why so much pain. The reality is that no matter where you are in life, life experiences are similar. Different scales, but similar. When I shared the story last week about my family being broken into, we were living in the Ashman Street projects, which means we were living in public housing. My wife's family, on the other hand, were living in West Haven in privately owned housing. But whether in public housing or private housing, tragedy and trauma happen. Your zip code will not keep you from trauma. Your wallet will not keep you from trauma. Your degrees will not keep you from trauma. Whatever position you hold in the corporate office, classroom, boardroom, or wherever will not keep you from trauma. Which means that we all have to learn how to deal with that which we will experience. And one of the problems I think with humanity and with us is that, you know, we, we think that we will be somehow um, excluded. There was no reason for us two or three weeks ago to think that Maui would burn the way it did. Or those beautiful homes and families would be displaced and life would be lost. There's no reason for us to even think that the way the weather has been would have turned this bad even after Al Gore tried to tell us about climate change. We just experienced one of the hottest summers and we're entering back into fall and soon into winter, and we may not really even see the seasons change. Life, as we know it, is experienced in highs and in lows. And learning how to ride the wave of life and maintain your sanity is important during these days. I can only imagine how people feel who have bought property on the Colorado River. And now as the river dries up, what once was waterfront property is now all dry. We're experiencing something in this world, a new resurgence of COVID. We're experiencing something in this world that we've never experienced before. 
in each of us. We are not meant to be frightened by life, but we have to live life. Don't duck life. Don't avoid living because it's not easy. But learn how to live within your reality. Learn how to handle the stress points, the triggers. You know, some of you, uh, you know, you are the most kind, quiet, docile, peace-loving person in the world. But if they ever find your trigger, some of y'all are like the Hulk. Eyes turn green, shirt gets too tight, neck bulges. Actually, some of y'all know that person, the other personality so well, you've even given it names, Bahama Llamas and all kind of things. You just, you got all kind of nicknames for your. You know. How do we live? How do we live in community with one another? How do we live in community with each other when, when you may actually be my trigger? Okay. Let, let's see if we can just tease out. I'm going to tease out three quick things out of this text that are life lessons that are embedded in the text, but not necessarily what the historical text was just trying to give us, but they're in the text. I don't have to go outside of the text. The first of which is a recap reminder, and that is number one, you have to keep in mind that they've all had a traumatic experience. A traumatic experience. And it's very clear that the experience has come in not only the taking captive of their families, but the taking of their possessions and the burning out of their homes. In New Orleans, it was the flooding out. You see where I'm going? In California, it's been the wildfires. In Canada, it's been the smoke and fires that are even affecting how we breathe. They had a traumatic experience, and life is filled with them. Oh, the old folk, you sing great old hymn. Time is filled with swift transitions. Naught on earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. They recognize the swift transitions that happen in daily life. Life is filled with 
traumatic experiences. But trauma does not have to be triumphant when you have trust in God. I can't promise you a non or trauma free life. But I can promise you this much, if you put your trust in God, you will get through it. You will overcome. You will survive. You can thrive. Yeah, they experienced trauma. It was a traumatic experience. But the second thing, and where I want to press my claim for the next few moments, is that during the trauma, David experienced transformational encouragement. He went from the traumatic experience to transformational encouragement. And I want to say this to you today. My prayer is that you walk out of here with transformational encouragement. That you walk out realizing you are going to make it. That even though you may have contemplating throwing in the towel and quitting and stopping, you can't stop and you won't stop because there's something inside of you that will not allow you to give up. You, you, you know what's really um, interesting about this transformational encouragement? That this transformative moment was created by crisis, challenges, and criticism. <clears throat> Crisis, challenges, and criticism. You see, you, you thought transformation is going to happen when all good things happen. No. In the midst of your worst moments come some of your greatest blessings. When you think you're going to be down and out comes your greatest inspiration in the midst of your hardest trial, you discover that there's something about you that's greater than you thought. You're stronger than you thought you were. You're more powerful than you thought you were. You're more resilient than you thought you were. You are now ready to be transformed and revived. Forged in crisis. Forged in the midst of a challenge. Forged in criticism. As he is dealing with loss, as he is being challenged as a leader, as he is being challenged with lies and criticism, he now has a moment and a breakthrough where he becomes a better leader. He becomes a better
better person who loves God. He becomes a better individual all the way around because of the experience. When it's over, he's a better soldier. He makes policies when it's over to take care of the weak in ways that he would not have made if he hadn't gone through that which he went through. Going through opened up his eyes to things he didn't see before. He didn't come out bitter. He didn't come out angry at anybody. He came out better. You ought to look at somebody tell them, when I get through this, I'm not going to be bitter. When I get through this, I'm not going to be bitter. I'm going to be better. I'm not going to be bitter. I ain't mad at nobody. I'm going through what I'm going through, but I ain't mad at nobody. I'm going to get through this. I'm not going to be bitter because bitterness will take me down. It'll cause me to be messed up. It'll mess with my mind. I'm going to be better. See, too often we go through stuff that makes us bitter. We go through stuff that makes us close down, close our hearts, close ourselves off to other experiences because we've been wounded. Well, in case no one told you, life is going to wound you. But you get to decide how you're going to heal. Somebody sitting in my presence right now. Bitterness has kept you from moving forward. You're still holding on to that which needed to be let go of. And because you're holding on to that, you can't go where God is sending you. So you're missing your blessing. Because you're holding on to bitterness. And when somebody like me tells you to let it go, you get mad. You don't know what I've been through. If you knew what they did, you would not be telling me. Now, please don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. It's the preacher in me that's going to tell you this. The preacher in me will tell you, God doesn't care what they did. What he cares about now is how you're going to handle it. Oh, that, that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean that God didn't care that you got hurt and all that. No. What it means is, regardless of what went on, you are the one that God wants to heal. You're the one that God wants you to get your power back. 
You're the one God wants to give you your joy back, your peace back. You're the one God wants to settle your heart and your mind so you can sleep at night. And as long as you hold on to that which that has taken place, no matter how deep the doo-doo was, no matter how stinky the dung was, as long as you stay in it, you're gonna keep smelling like it. You've got to tell yourself, I'm coming out of this mess. I'm coming out. I'm cleaning myself off. I'm not holding on to that crap no more. I got places to go and things to do. And I'm not bringing it to my next position, that which I've dealt with in the last place. Look at somebody, tell them fresh start, fresh start, fresh start, fresh start, fresh start, fresh start. Fresh start, fresh start, fresh start, fresh start, fresh start, fresh start. Here it is, here it is. I, 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 got, I got a couple more minutes. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be at your way short, short, short. Yeah. They, they, he, here's something that I, I, under this transformational encouragement, I have an A and B I want to give. They're not separate points. They are a part of this point. So the A part is the transformation was internal internal yeah that the King James Version says verse 6 and David was greatly distressed that's a personal problem right for the people spake of stoning him that's about to be a physical issue because the soul of the people was grieved every man for his sons and his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Okay, get, get this one, get this one. You need to first remember, don't look without for that which is within. You've got to start with you. You've got to speak different to you. You've got to change your tune now. You've got to turn the blues off and get you something and give you some marching music and start moving your feet. Can't stop, won't stop. You... If you don't change the music, if you don't change the tune, if you don't change what you're saying to yourself, there will be no change. It starts with you. It's internal. 
It's internal. You know, um, see, sometimes we have this expectation. Please, again, I, I like to apologize. When I know that which I'm about to say may be slightly controversial. There's nothing, nothing more um, difficult than, than getting ready to go to dinner and nobody know what they want to eat. You know, now men in the room, women might not have this problem, but men in the room, you know what I'm about to say. Nothing more difficult trying to decide what restaurant to go to. Because you can go anywhere. Or you'll pick your favorite restaurant and then you'll see the face and say, oh, that wasn't the right one. The next question is, well, where do you want to go? I don't know. Okay, I gotta got watch out, I'm on dangerous territory. The sisters are looking at me like they about to kill, they about to get me. No, 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 no. y'all, y'all hold the daggers. You see I've changed my angle. <laughs> Those of you in the sanctuary know exactly what I mean. Okay. <laughs> the, the reality is, I don't have your taste buds. I don't, which means that the only one that knows what's going to do it for you is you. So help a brother out here. Listen, listen. Y'all get this? You then have to decide internally what you're going to do. What you're going to be about. Now, David, you can tell the men, give me a moment and go into and find a tent and crawl up in a fetal position and cry. Or you can start encouraging yourself right now and lead. You're in the middle of a crisis. We don't need you weeping right now. We prefer you to be worshiping or warring. Whichever one is going to be, but right now we need, us need a leader. And the only way you get to be that leader is you have to talk to you because you're having the same experience as all the other yous out there. Okay, so that's the A. I'm almost done. I really am. I know. It's, these are all in the text. Then I tell you that. But the B here is the transformation was through intercession. Intercession. So it this this transformative moment is not all by himself. This transformative moment has intercession wrapped right in the middle of it. 
Watch this. The Bible says, David said to Abitah the priest, Abimelech's sons, verse 7 now, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 7, please bring me the ephod. And Abitah bought him the ephod. David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this man of raiders? Will I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you will certainly overtake them, and you will certainly rescue. What? Wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute. He realized that after he encouraged himself, he needed to worship and pray before God. Can, can I bless somebody real quick? Let me just ask you a question. Why would you believe that you could do anything without God? Sometimes we do everything but pray. Everything but pray. But, but in this, in this wow, notice, Avatar is not with the captives. He's with David. Did y'all notice that? Which means that when they went out to battle, the priest didn't stay in the camp with the people. The priest went to the battle. Interestingly, David has an army, but when he went to battle, he bought a priest. You, you, you're getting ready to go fight, and you, here's when I grew up, some of y'all not that old, so you might not have had that experience of being saved and still needing to fight. See, if you just got saved last week, you don't know about that. But I got saved very young. And so there were times when it was unavoidable. And then you learn this phrase. This is foolish faith, but God, I'm just being honest. You learn the, the phrase, I'm going to lay my Holy Ghost down. Which means when I get finished, I'm going to pick you back up. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. Listen, I got to hurry. I'm almost done. Listen, the, the point I'm driving at is that David realized and the children of Israel realized that having God as a partner in life, even in war, was important. I, I, I jokingly say, and I'll say it again to you, I tell my, my chaplaincy students all the time, some think that chaplaincy started with Reverend Anton Boyson, the founder of Clinical Pastoral Education in 1925. But God's priesthood support was integral in Israel's battle plan. God's support was there. They knew they needed God. And, and in case you haven't figured out where I'm trying to go, I'm trying to tell you that this next battle you're dealing with, you might not be able to handle it all on your own, but that's okay. You start with you, encouraging yourself, and then if necessary, you go and get an intercessor. Okay, okay. 
You see, David says to him, come bring me the ephod. This is code word here. Ephod was the garment, the part of the priestly garment for the high priest. It was a part of the garment that was the outer covering. In the ephod, or on it as was expected, was the Urim and Thurim, light and truth, that one could use to get knowledge from God. So that the priest would use it, particularly the high priest, in praying to God in intercession. He would ask God, and God would reveal God's own word and will to the priest. David understood this. Saul had even gone to the same priesthood family and used the same ephod. But when there was a massacre and priests were slain, there was only one priest left alive, and he ran to David carrying all of the garments and the ephod with him. So that in David's army, he had the last vestiges of Israel's priesthood. Let me go somewhere with this. When you ask for an intercessor to help pray for you, intercessors close the gap between us and God. See why the Lord told you to stay. They, they close the gap between us and God. Watch this, I'm going somewhere. Intercessors don't have the answer, but they assist in connecting us to the answer. Let me, let me preach this thing. You gotta realize what God has getting ready to come in your life next. You may need to get somebody to touch and agree with. You know where two or three are gathered in his name. He promises that he'd be in the midst to bless the needed one. And every now and then, you might have to touch hands with somebody and say like the old folks said, pray for me. Because there's power in prayer. There's an anointing in prayer. There's deliverance in prayer. There's a word from the Lord waiting on you in prayer. You, you have to understand this. Strength is internal. Spirit is internal. Strategies can come from internal or external sources. I've got to realize that I've got to start out with me. Even when I reach out beyond me. Because there's always somebody that may have something that I don't have. And I can't be too proud to ask somebody to stand with me and to stand in the gap for me. Because when I need a blessing, okay, okay. I, I'm, I'm rushing, I'm rushing, I'm rushing. Okay. Let, let, me, let me break this down one more time because I'm going to help somebody again. Intercessors can be spiritual 
as in a prayer warrior. But I also think they can be secular as in a counselor. Every intercessor doesn't necessarily need to speak in tongues and call on the name of the Lord to help you. Sometimes you need to sit down and share with somebody all that is overwhelming you so that your overflowing cup doesn't run so far that you can't get back under control. Okay. This sermon is almost done, y'all. Last point, and I'm done for the day. I said they had a traumatic experience. I said that they had a transformative uh, encouragement. But lastly, but lastly, and this is it for the day. I'll come back, I promise you. This is it for the day. They had troop engagement. Now this one gonna get you. This one gonna get you. Some of y'all ain't ready for this one. Some of y'all ain't ready for this one. Um, the priest prays. He looks down at this enlightenment. And if you notice, David simply asks, should I go after them or not? Shall I pursue them? Shall I overtake them? The priest, normally the answers are the yes and no. In this case, because usually that's all he can see. This case, he not only says, go after them, but he makes the prophetic declaration of total recovery. He says, not only you should go after them, but I'm prophesying to you now you're going to get it all back. Not only should you go after them, but I'm speaking into your life now that you shall overtake them and you shall recover all. All, yes, all. You're going to get it all back. But here's the thing, y'all. David can't go get it all back by himself. And the only way to go and get what God promised was that he has to engage with the same troops that just got through getting trying to kill him. Y'all miss it. I'm preaching to somebody. I'm on your pew, in your row. He has to get the same folk that spoke of stoning him to now go to war with him against the enemy. Let me talk to mind this part. He's got to get the same folk that wanted to kill him to go fight and kill for him. Y'all ain't got him talks mind about it. He got to get that same person that talked about you like a dog to now work with you to win the battle. He's got to get that same person that you can't stand and can't stand you to be on your team. 
listen, there are individuals who will assist you and that you will assist that you may still feel conflicted about. Look at somebody, say, neighbor, I don't care who God uses. I'm ready for the battle right now. I'm going to get mine back. I can't stop. I won't stop. I'm going to get it back. I want it all back. Everything. God promised me. I want it all back. Everything. God has for me. I want it all back. I'm going to get it. Can't stop. Won't stop. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Come on, give God a praise. a war cry for somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do me a favor. Just tell somebody, I'm getting ready for the battle. I can't stop. I won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. The doors of church open. Maybe there's one today who come and give your life to the Lord. I want you to come if you're here today. If you're online, you can write me or call me right now. The information is on the screen. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, let, let me just say this to you. The struggle is real, but so too is God's strength. The struggle is real, but so too is God's strength. Let me, I need to speak it into your soul. The struggle is real. I'm not denying your experience, but so too is God's strength. And in your weakness, he is strong. 
He is strong. He is strong. He is strong. So, Father, we bless your name. Thank you, Lord, for your power and your anointing and for your strength. Speak to us. Bless us. Cause us to be strengthened for the battle. That we put aside fear and we walk by faith. For the just shall live by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God a praise if you will. You may be seated in the sanctuary. God bless you. What a mighty God we serve. We love the Lord with all our hearts and all our minds and all of our strength. I'm going to ask you now to get your gifts ready, whatever offering, your tithes, your offering, your capital stewardship gifts. Get them together. If you're giving, you can three ways to give, by Cash App, by Givelify, or now in person by check. If you're giving with your device, make sure you're on the Shiloh New London website and you're giving to Shiloh New London. <clears throat> Not that we don't want other churches blessed, but we don't want the blessings that are supposed to be here to be anywhere else. Amen. Amen. People always ask me, why do you use Shiloh New London? Because if you ever look it up, there are hundreds if not thousands of Shilohs in the world. I want you to know where we are. This one right here, right here, right here. Get your offering in your hand. If you have your PDA device or your, that, that means um, for those who don't know, I'm talking about your phone or whatever your gadget you're giving on. Hold that in your hand. Because see, we give to the Lord. We give rejoicing, happily. The Bible says, bring all the tithes in the storehouse. Maybe meet in my house and prove me now with. Said the Lord of hosts, I'm not open the windows of heaven and pour blessing to your room and I'm not to receive. We give because God has given to us. We don't give just to get blessed. We give because we are blessed. My giving it is, a, is an acknowledgement that God has already blessed me. The fact that I get back in return is, is just added on to the blessing. But I'm giving because I am blessed. Let's pray. God, we thank you for tithes. We thank you for offerings. We thank you for capital gifts. We give to the kingdom of God. We give because we love you. And we love the work of Christ. Have your way. Cause us now to be what you want us to be. Return to us hundredfold plus and remind us that it is more blessed to give than to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen.